on Sky Sports Radio. Time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. I'm streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh. Uh, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday. If you've been listening to the boys this morning live from the Stain Hotel there in Manly getting ready for Super Bowl, well, with a, the next hour, don't worry about the uh, the pre-match build-up. Listen to us here on Sky Sports Radio, wherever you are around New South Wales or the ACT. And, of course, if you're listening via the Tab app, hello to you. What a big week we've got here on the airwaves. Of course, we will be doing a bit of travelling this week as the country champs start and... Looking forward to being tomorrow morning in Lismore. We'll be live from the racetrack in Lismore tomorrow. Back in Sydney on Wednesday. And we'll start to look at some of the provincial champs and and their qualifiers and their particular uh, finals in various destinations that to lead to Ramwick. Thursday, we will be in Albury. And then we're looking forward to a massive weekend of racing. Our New South Wales lineup this week, well, we've got, unfortunately, just one meeting today. We don't have Ballina on. Just the one meeting at Bathurst today, which we'll preview after punters post-mortem. Tomorrow, we're at Hawkesbury. We've got Kensington on Wednesday. A Goulburn meeting on Thursday. Three meetings Friday. Canterbury Friday night. Tamworth and Taree, and on Saturday we've got to Lismore, Newcastle, and Royal Randwick, where we've got the Expressway, the Apollo, the Light Fingers, the Triskay, uh, as well as feature racing south of the border. So good horses back. We saw plenty of good horses on the weekend. Our panel today: Ron Duffy and Luke Marlow. They're going to go through and uh, discuss with me and you what they thought of some of the weekend's racing. You can get involved with the show on 13 53. So give us a call or you can get involved in the text line 0419 767 And I'll say good morning to Duff. We've already heard him chat to the Big Sports Breakfast Boys. Great to have you back for a big 2024, Ron. Yeah, and a good meeting to come back uh, to, to analyse as well. I thought there was some uh, uh, you know, terrific horses on show there on Saturday, Dave. The, you know, Caballus um, out... Well, he, he really stood up to the mark there in what looked to be a very strong race on paper. I know they're only first up early in their preparations and, you know, the rough hope he caught him on the hop, but he still did the job and did it in fine style. And obviously the Millennium added a lot of interest to the program as well. So, and, and it's this Bjorn Baker show again for sure. Certainly was. Uh, Bjorn, who's come to the fire this uh, late part of the summer, Luke Marlow, joins us as well. Good morning, Luke. Um, good racing. Well, it has been good racing all weekend. I know you called Friday night. We had some good races there, albeit small fields, but some great racing Saturday, as Duff alluded to. Yeah, absolutely, DS. Good morning to you. Morning, Duff. And uh, good morning, everyone. It was good racing on the weekend. Enjoyed uh, just watching at home, uh, taking it all in and doing a little bit of review of the data this morning to just sort of see how it all lines up with the eye and... Yeah, I think we've got some horses to follow going forward. Um, one thing I love, Dave, um, is always the interaction with the show and the accountability that our listeners hold us to. And uh, I've got I've got a bone to pick with you, DS. Right. I'll just read this text message out. Dave Stanley, 10 tips on Saturday in the Sydney Morning Herald. Well, I'm winner. For two short-priced winners. Yes. Poor effort again. That one from Gary. So, DS, what's going on, mate? We're coming into Carnival and you're out of form. What's happening? Well, I'm just trying to, get, trying to get the bad form out of play early. Uh, but my POT and CHS and 4765 and all them, they're all good. So don't worry about that. But no, look, look, it's a bit of fun. Um, the one thing I will say about 
uh, doing the form, and you boys can attest to this. Actually, I'll, I'll ask this to you, Ron. You've been doing form for a long, long time. Do you prefer doing form in these type of races with these really good horses where you maybe have multiple chances, or do you prefer your midweeks or your, your maidens elsewhere where you can sort of narrow the field down and have a bigger bet on one? What, what do you prefer doing? Everyone's different. I know punters that uh, just concentrate on maidens, would you believe? And they have a lot of success doing that. But I know I, I prefer doing good horse, uh, form on good horses who usually run to form um, rather than that midweek form coming from everywhere. I'm, I'm, look, to tell you the truth, I, I really don't bet a lot during the week. Um, Saturday's my punting day, um, unless there's something to jump out. But, I mean, as far as getting into a whole card and rather than dissecting a few races midweek I'm I'm the I'm I'm I might be in the minority of of um uh, not picking and choosing during the week as far as doing the whole meeting every day so I I concentrate okay. from Monday on it's all about Saturday as soon as M nom comes out it's all about Saturday for me what about yourself Luke every day I'll bet every day anywhere Dave I love it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I you know. know what? I'm a one man band, so I can't be doing forms form on every race on every meeting. I'll pick my battles. I'll definitely pick my battles. I like to review. I like to keep my um, black book updated, and uh, once I load the black book, I'll I'll see what's in, and uh, I'll pick out the best ones. Have a quick look at the races, and then decide when I I want to get deeper. But guys, you can have a bet doing two minutes of form. Yeah. I mean, if you know all the horses and, and you've got a, an automated speed map and you go, oh, beautiful, that looks like it's going to get the right run. I think it's a little bit over the odds. You can just have a bet and move on. Um, you, you don't have to get bogged down spending hours on one race. Um, if you're spending that long on one race, you might have to do it from a, a work perspective like myself and Duff do. Um, we've got to do all races for Randwick of a Saturday for our jobs. But for the punt, um, if you're getting bogged down and spending a lot of time on one race and trying really hard and you still can't find a bet after a while, maybe it's just best to move on because uh, then you're reaching for the wrong one, um, as we've all done from time to time. But I certainly um, am a little bit time poor with, uh, obviously, a full-time job. So when it comes to you get that hour or two hours to do your form, you've got to utilise that time to the best of your ability. And a lot of people are in the same boat, Dave. I mean, most of our audience this morning are are people who um, who would work full-time and just enjoy a punt as an enjoyment uh, factor and they don't have a lot of time to, to get stuck into the form. So you might follow an analyst that you like and appreciate or you might just uh, have to do what I've said, use your time pretty wisely when you get a second to do the form because we're all busy, aren't we? 100%. That's what I put it down to, Gary. One thing I love about Gary, he ticks it every week. Uh, and he loves the spray, Gary. Oh, he I hope loves Gary's it. all right. He's part of the family. No, 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 no. He's a good man. He's yeah, a part he, of the family because he does I, love a spray, though. DS, he keeps us honest. But I have said this. So, so Duff, we've got this text to Gary from Wadalba, who always messages the Big Sports Breakfast boys, and obviously, you get, you, it's hard to understand how people feel just through text. But I did meet a relative of his in Mudgee. Um, at the races, and he absolutely loves us. So he just oh, loves great. just loves to, to chime in. Speaking of good horses, let's talk about this Eskimo Prince Stakes. Obviously, you touch on Bjorn Baker and, and the winner, Duff. I thought the filly that ran second has gone enormous, and she is, she is a beauty. Yeah, she, well, arguably was one of the runs of the day 
considering circumstances. I don't think they went. They propped up a little bit there up front. It was a bit of a sprint home. And she had to go back from to last and make up that ground, making a long, sustained run. Not that it was any disadvantage doing that on the day, in retrospect. And... Uh, she's got improvement to come. Lovely, big, strong filly. We have got some brutal fillies around. We know that. And we're going to see that on Saturday with, um, obviously, Tis Invincible learning to fly and and the rest on Saturday. But uh, she's going to come in there with different form and be very, very popular uh, come the surround stakes. Uh, she, she was outstanding and she's proven at 1,400 and her effort was sensational. But Cabalas... He just got balanced, three deep, no cover, showed that sprint. He might be the sprinter out, out of that race where the others might be 1,400 milers and further. Uh, so uh, Cabalas, great. Macarena, run of the race, arguably. End cap, Mr. Consistency. He's there chipping at their heels, all preparation. Uh, Moravia was probably the disappointment of the race, I thought. Um, I thought he'd just outdash them and he, he travelled like the winner and didn't sprint. Celestial Legend, total forgive inside. Mm. And Tom Kitten, a lot better than what you think, um, considering. He yeah, he, he was, uh, he's on track for the longer races and wasn't ready. And uh, I don't think Griff was, I think there's an issue. He wasn't himself, Griff. He was sort of on what, he just kept changing stride. He just didn't look right to me. So let's yeah. just see what evolves there. Yeah, was his head slightly sort of, yeah, just, was, and his tongue was out and he sort of, yeah. He just not, he, he wasn't right. Mm. So that's, nothing, that's nothing the Eskimo, yeah. Nothing in the stewards report, DS, but I, I concur with Duff. Um, he's too good a horse to run that bad. I mean, clearly, uh, something was not sweet with him, and he's just in a the right stable to to rebound. I think um, he's a, a bit of a freak mar, so I think he can turn him around. I think Duff's covered off the race really well, but can we elaborate on the track a bit more, Duff? Um, did you see it as that running line type day? We know that the southerly or whatever direction it was blowing, it, it did create a bit of an issue for horses down on the inside and it was hard to lead and win. Did you see it as that pattern where you needed to be a little bit of cover ideally but more so down middle? Oh, no doubt. Um, was, I think it was obvious. I don't think we had a leader win all day, which is rare. Um, we had a lot of sweepers out wide. The crown of the track, when we get rain on the day, the first place to dry is the crown of the track and the smart jockeys your collets, whatever they 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 assess it early, you know they they, and then it's follow the leader after that. So I, I thought, um, yeah, I just looking at the replays, a lot of those horses dashed on the inside, and then they it's like they hit quicksand, mm. and they didn't they didn't run through the line, and there was a hundred there was a heap of them. So considering um, when you do your form after the meeting rather than on the day assessing each race as we go along. I I thought a horse like Embassy was the only horse to give a kick on the inside, so I thought there's merit in that that two-year-old's performance. So he's a I'm not saying he's top-level Golden Slipper class, but he's uh, he'll be hard to beat next time as far as uh, if you want to play the the perceived. Some people don't uh, you know don't take a lot of notice of the bias, but my perceived bias, Embassy was a good run in race two, considering he was one of the only horses to do anything early and you, you can't blame them early staying on the fence in a thousand metre race but after that, it was just a no-go zone Now Duff, you you run the show on Sky Thoroughbred Central 
All right? Yeah. You've got the power. I sat at home on Saturday. It was a, a rare Saturday to be at home and watching Sky Thoroughbred Central. There needs to be one change. Mm-hmm. After Straight as they hit the line, we cut to the owners celebrating. Yes. I love the fact that we can have that vision of the owners, but in a race like that, I'd love to see the horses be followed like a Tom Kitten, etc. I know we can pick it up on Stewart's vision and whatnot, uh, you know, if you, if you go searching for it. But, geez, it'd be good live to just see those horses go maybe an extra furlong past the post. Then we cut to some celebrations because it cuts off straight away. And if you're sort of looking for one sneaky one that's in behind, like a Tom Kitten wanting to warm up or, or whatnot, we cut straight to... The cheering, and then we cut back to a single shot of uh, of the winner. Can we get that changed up at the next meeting? Can you say stick with these horses just for a bit over the carnival? Yep, we can bring that up. I I don't I didn't realise that because I've got live vision in front of me yeah. and I see I see it all. So um, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I like to see the run on at least till we get to the last horse, and, and then show you all your fluff after that. So well, Dave. Don't get me started on the country barrier trolls. Dead set, you, you, they hit the line, and the next minute they just cut to a replay of them running down the straight. I mean, yeah, that that's another one um, where you'd love to see the horses move through the line, particularly at the trolls. Mm. Um, that just infuriates me. Where they go a hundred metres past the post, you're watching the replay, and then all of a sudden it cuts to the horses at the four hundred metre mark. We can do that manually if we want to watch them run up the straight again. That's um, it's not a bad point you make, um, and for the trials as well. If you, yeah, if you watch, if you if you jump on the uh, the Race New South Wales website, obviously it's it's just a clipped up. What what basically it's it's the clipped up uh, piece of uh, vision that that obviously comes from from presentation at, at, at Sky Thoroughbred Central, and you can see once they go across the line there, straight away we'll cut to a uh, an owner's shot, which I think is great, because at the end of the day if the owners aren't all there paying, you know, it's it's, it's one big ecosystem but I just reckon we move it a little bit, maybe even a, add an extra 10 seconds onto it, just so we can watch those horses go past um, doesn't have to obviously it's not going to be for every race we're going to find one, but just with that Tom Kitten I felt like he was really warming up late like you've alluded to, Duff, and he was very strong past the post, and um, yeah, they're the ones that sort of just, just catch your eye, so... Half the owners they swing to are the second and third places. <laughs> that's right. They haven't got the right. That's right. I've noticed that. And you see a few people going, oh, geez. Um, but it was a good win uh, by um, Cavalist. What about just before we move to our first caller, Mark's in the line, who does want to talk about Tom Kitten. Um, I've got to give a, a rap to Derby Racing. I mean, I know that this was um, bought an ex-Chris Waller horse and you've got to pay a bit of money for it, but they just can't seem to put a foot wrong, Duff. Unbelievable. Yeah, they've had a go. Um, so it wasn't that long ago. It might be long ago, but I, I remember they were syndicating horses for 20 and 30 grand. That was about it. But, yeah. uh, they're playing a bigger game now, and uh, they're, they're big players, and they're having a lot of success picking and choosing the right horses. And and uh, Bjorn's doing a, a, a – they've got horses everywhere, but uh, Bjorn's doing a great job for them at the moment and getting great results. So it's a, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a – having a go when you pay 315000 um for a tried horse from Chris Waller. Obviously, uh, they didn't think he was going to make a Group 1 stallion, so – and 
he still mightn't, but he, he's, he's given himself an opportunity because he's still a cult and he's won a you know a group race now. And um, if he snags a group one, well, he doesn't really have to. He's got a lovely little sprinting pedigree and and he's well bred. So they're they're, they're giving themselves a, a big lottery ticket there, if, and they've nearly got their money back. We've got our first caller, and you can give us a ring, 13.53.53. He's a bit early this morning. Usually he's later in the show, Mark, but he's, I think he's keen to talk about Tom Kitten. Good morning, mate. Yeah, morning, Dave. Yeah, Duff, I heard you say uh, he was better than he thought. I thought he was one of the runs of the day, the big cat. Where's he yeah. go? 1,400 into the Ramwick Guineas, Brazil Guineas, unbeatable. Yeah, yeah, he's... Um, I'd say that that'd be the go in the mile, and who knows? Um, he might even have a go at a derby. I don't know whether they uh, want to go that far, but he, he could well be a really good derby type and everything's on the table for a horse like him if he can just continue that progression and uh, improvement. And we know he can We know he can run uh, 2,000 metres and he gives every opportunity, every indication that he can run further. Yeah, as Dave said, you want to see him run through the line. I, I visualised him running through the line. thought he was strong late. Yeah, the market and the yard in the market said he wasn't there on the day as far as wound up and and um, sharp. So that was just like a barrier trial for him, a start off race. And and I think yeah, you're right. They got more than a pass, mark. All right, thanks, boys. Beautiful, Mark. Thanks for your call. Uh, let's go to this English Millennium. Now, obviously, all on us with the uh, the winner fully lit. Duff, after they jumped. There was obviously a bit of a delay to, to begin this race, um, so we were behind start time. But how did you feel when they jumped and Regan sort of had to rev him up? Um, and you thought, oh, hang on, hang on. But then obviously, uh, you know, those horses slid up on his inside. And uh, once he sort of got rolling, you can sort of do that over the 1100 at Randwick. You can sit a little bit wide like he did. Well, especially on the day we had. Yeah. And I think Regan was much more at ease and not as urgent as he really had to be um, on the track that we had because he didn't, he didn't want to find the fence and he knew that and he just said, well, we've had horses, um, you know, Cabalas wide, no cover and a, a few others there that had come down the middle so he was, he was comfortable with that and that was the way to ride him and it worked out. So he, he was very tough. Um, I think he's only a... You know, a little cheap purchase. Little, he's no, you know, big, brutal-looking colt, but he's a he's a trier. He's a racehorse, mm. and um, I, I thought it was an excellent performance. He, um, yeah, I'm saying it. You could have said, "Oh, what a win!" If if it was, you know, a fair a fairer track, but he, he did have a. I thought it was an advantage being out there, out of trouble, and and there was a few others in the same boat. But he win he wins and he wins well. Ruta Royal had his chance. Rag Queen. Um, she looks a horse for the future over a yeah. little bit further. And, and then you had, like, even a horse like Nymphadora, who was big odds, sat wider than uh, fully lit, no cover the whole way. Uh, so that emphasised it was no disadvantage being out wide, no cover. The run of the race was El Mazio. Yes. Uh, she was on the inside... She was coming with a run and then got chopped out, hampered, not extended or fully stretched out the last bit because she didn't have a lot of room to move. Not saying that she would have won, but she would have been really close up in that finish. 
Well, if you watch uh, the, as I said, the we talk about like you know the the shots that they take on Central um, past the post, Marlow. We cut to the crowd, but then when we get that single shot back to Reggie. Uh, on fully lit, right beside him there is Zach Lloyd. Um, she's got enormous at Queensland Philly. I have no idea what Kelly Schweder has in mind for her, but I think she's going to win a very good race. Yeah, she um, yeah, might be a more uh, concentrate. I don't know, but she's not a slipper horse and she's not no. ready for this time of year unless she goes home. But look out, maybe she might be one to aim for that. Well, it's a long way off, but the Brisbane Winter Carnival, those the, the 1,400 in the mile up there, yeah. she, might, she might be one uh, that could fit into that category. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I, you've got to be careful making big statements about young horses because they can improve quickly. But right now, I don't think these are the A grade. Uh, no, And you, no, of, you no. often get that when you're restricted to... Uh, it's the English race, so only horses bought out of that sale can run in it. We know that. So you often get that where these races aren't super deep. I think the fourth horse winning proposal... Uh, was good, but her getting so close makes me question the form line. I mean, that Newcastle 900 metre made and she won was super weak, guys. So um, if any of these horses head to the better races, I'll, I'll be sort of against, but the winner's just a little trier, isn't he? Uh, yeah. He not is. much of him, just a little uh, little bulldog and another one for Gay and Adrian. Just yeah. uh, a remarkable run they're having, so... Uh, well done to Regan. Well done to them. Uh, they get the big carrot, and he got the four hundred thousand dollar bonus, the pink bonus as well, because he was the first horse over the line uh, for that incentive. So um, they've had to fill up the connections. They certainly have. Um, now uh, another text has come through here on the text line in relation to uh, the other two-year-old race we had on the day. This was the listed Lonro Plate and Annabelle Nisham um, Duff had the uh, the winner here, the Capitalist Philly. What did you make of the performance? <laughs> Good. Um, she was strong at her first start, uh, hitting the line really, really well, and then stayed at a thousand, which put a few off, um, including myself, because she uh, did come out. I think, yeah, that's it's a land race, so that so that's franked that form. But um, it was a beautiful ride by Zach. He's got his timing back and more uh, riding with confidence. So she just blended, got to the outside, cut the corner, perfect ride. Uh, adds interest when she hits 1,200 because she looks like she's screaming for it. So she is one that has earned a crack at the uh, lead-up to the slipper in one of the Phillies races, and, and then we'll know where we stand with her. But, uh, yeah, you've got to like her desire and the way that she attacks the line. And as I forecast, I thought Embassy was great considering circumstances on the day. And no, yeah... He's that, probably that second-level horse now, I'd suggest. He's, he was showed up a little there. And Celerity's the other interesting one. She is work in progress. Uh, she was a bit of a... Got a head to the side at the start. Missed, lost at two lengths. Over-raced last and come with a big finish. So uh, she could well be, in time, um, one of the better horses out of that race. Marlow? Well, Duff piqued my interest what he said earlier about Embassy leading. Um, I think he's absolutely right. I hadn't thought about it until he said it. But, yeah, he's probably the horse you could really forgive out of the race because uh, racing on speed and um, leading, no no horse led in one all day, and he's just been knocked off. Um, the first eight across the line, two and a half lengths, guys, a little bit bunched. Again, I'm leaning towards maybe these aren't the A grade, but 
Duff's right about celerity too. She just might jump out of the ground. I'm waiting for Godolphin to catch fire, Duff. Um, usually autumn time, this time of year, they really start to hit their straps. So I just want to be wary of that stable going forward. Um, they're probably not at the elite levels that we come to expect from that organisation right at the moment, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time before their horses really start to burn up. Yeah, they've had a lot of horses trialling lately, so mm. they're, yes, they're keeping exactly. their powder dry and uh, they um, they produced, uh, what was it, Kalos, was it, in Melbourne on Saturday that yep. won, Zapateo run well, um, mm. they're just ticking over for the majors. They do need a two-year-old. They do need, they're the one that raced at Newcastle Saturday, but they need a, a two year old to put their hand up and, and, um, say, I'm here, uh, as far as the big races are concerned, and we haven't seen that yet. So they're just a bit short on the, on the babies so far, I thought. And just on that, you're right, they don't have a, a, a slipper horse, so to speak, at the moment. Doesn't that just underpin the unbelievable season Gay and Adrian are having? You get a, a an organisation like Godolphin have the best facilities, best bred horses, best trainer, etc. And they're, they're not in the picture this year. Such is the dominance of Gay and Adrian. It's just been absolutely amazing. We keep saying it, but I think we need to because I don't think we'll see this again. Um, they could have eight runners in the slipper duff, I, I read, over the weekend, which would be half the field. Incredible. And to think... Um, some want to tell you that Espionage is the best of all of them. <laughs> we yeah. haven't seen him. And when we look back at the um, uh, the Breeders' Plate, we thought, oh, Budge finished, and we could be a bit worrying this year, but it always stands up, that Breeders' Plate, and everyone's avoiding it now. You get that advantage of getting uh, two preps into these horses. So you get the, the first prep, they get to a Breeders' Plate, they go out, they come back, they've had two strong preps under their belt. They've they got a real head start, these horse, these two-year-olds, and That's he right. adds a lot of interest as well, Espionage, well, when he resumes in the Silver Slipper on, or wherever. On him. I called him in a set of trials somewhere. I can't remember if it was Rose Hill or Ramwick, but I noted down at the time he ran one of the better times and he was untested and Shangri-La Express trialled the same morning mm. and was ridden out. Uh, That's right. It was sort of similar time. So I think he is sneaky flying. You're right, Duff. And he's another one that's going to be in the picture. Yeah, they've got a, it's amazing what they've got there. Speaking of uh, Godolphin, uh, obviously they're quite active at the trials uh, this morning. We've got some nice trials. Don Corleone, we saw back in action at, at the trials. He uh, won that first particular trial. I think you can watch it on Sky Thoroughbred Central. They're doing uh, a replay of trial three at the moment. Interesting, Jamie Carr back in Sydney. So is this... Uh, has anyone heard along the grapevine? So Jamie's obviously here riding for Godolphin this morning at the trials. Is Jamie sort of becoming a a permanent fixture for Godolphin? Because it seems like she's a regular appearance now at these Sydney trials riding their horses. Well, it must be because they think they might have a horse that uh, is going to get a lightweight in a big race or give her a feel of it. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. She'd be keeping her options open and Godolphin um, use her... Um, well, they use it, you know, all the top jockeys, but that, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't look at that. Well, it's just interesting. She's on um, today at the trials for Godolphin. Heaven Field and the two-year-old Phillies open trial at 12 past 10. Then um, Panito, another two-year-old uh, Philly, and then rides uh, another two-year-old called uh, Polly Murr, uh, a street boss. So... 
just another little interesting thing, a name, obviously. We saw Jamie winning races there in Melbourne on Saturday, but we have seen her popping up at these trials. I know that her partner, Ben Mellum, has been up here riding at various trials as well, and some horses she's been doing some, you know, um, particular trials with. I know that King's Gambit, she is riding at a lightweight, so maybe... um, she was here to ride King's Gambit this morning and she's just picked up those Godolphin horses because she has trialled King's Gambit um, last time at Warwick Farm. And I know they're going to go to Melbourne with a lightweight and she will ride. So maybe yeah. that's the that's the, be, that's the the reason. That's it. That's the, that's link. the link for sure. Oh, is it the Lightning or, or the new market that he'd get a lightweight if he went down that path? I know the Lightning's this weekend. Uh, down there in Melbourne. So. Yeah, so it might be the new market they're eyeing off. Um, yeah, with Jamie. Yeah, so he's a three-year-old. I thought he'd go to the three-year-old races, but he's... Well, Duff, been... he's, he's not an easy horse to ride King's Gambit, so you, if no. you're going to ride him race day, it's ideal if you have a sit on him beforehand because he can do that little bit wrong. We know that. 100%. 100%, yeah, that's why she's here. Mm. Cla- that's classic punters too, always just looking what's going on here. Uh, in that trial this morning, we saw Think About It too. a lovely trial. Don Corleone won it. Marzu in that trial, uh, Argentia for Joe Pride, Madame Pomery. So it was a really nice trial. Um, Corniche for James Cummings, uh, Hinge for Waller and Cole Crusher went around Jeez. as well. So some nice trials this morning, and these are just... Some of the trials we're going to see. Uh, a text on the text line here before we get to a quick break, gents. It is about the highway on the weekend. Now, I start a tour tomorrow across New South Wales about the country championships. We're going to see, obviously, various uh, finals for the, each of those districts in locations. A lot of good horses are going to be headed towards them. What do we make of atmospheric rock um, down that outside? And I want to get a comment from you on Rapidash, a good mate of mine. Uh, has a share in Rapidash, well, his old man does, and just didn't get the luck on the turn. Uh, he's heading towards that Tamworth qualifier. What do we make of the, the highway? I might ask you you first, Luke, and then we'll go to Duff. Yeah, I was on it, Dave, Rapidash. I think it's a forgive run. Uh, squeezed up a few times in the straight. Just didn't fully get that momentum that uh, she would have liked. So I'm happy to say that uh, we can not drop off there. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty strong highway going into the race, um, but I, I was... Left a, a bit flat with a few performances, but, I mean, Melody again, she was disappointing. Uh, I expected a, a little bit more there. Winner went well, didn't he? Atmospheric rock. He might try and get into the country championships, but as far as horses to follow, I just thought that, for me, the the personal way I'll, I'll handle it is, um, is rapid dash or forgive and maybe look to back her in that Tamworth race uh, on a fair track and... I thought that Super Norwest didn't do a bad job. I know it had a lightweight, but it sort of came up the inside and it was big odds. So those are a couple. Duff, um, how did you see it? Winner was pretty impressive, wasn't he? Yeah, it was his race. He was, um, yeah, I couldn't believe the price they bet, eight fifty in a race like that, considering his profile. So he needed a big win like that. And he, he just launched on them in the right part of the track, got the speed to suit up front and just, has earned his crack at probably the Maria Heat. Um, we can get carried away. There's only a few, one or two, that could possibly put their hand up. We've seen this before. So it's a dream for the highway horses to get to the country championships, but it's hard. Mm. You know, the, you've got the better class of horses. Um, so atmospheric rock will get a chance to show himself up, and as will a couple of others in the race. But he... He stood alone. I thought he, he monstered the race there. 
he's a surefire highway winner in the making, Belvedere boys. He just lacked the experience and had to come up um, the inside there, got a little bit too far back, hit a bit of a hurdle down the straight. So good run, uh, good run, very forgiving for Belvedere boys. And there's one there, fair dinkum, that come, it's a benchmark 58 or so, it was 101, Miss Stalwart from Nick Olive Stable. If it goes back to the country, it's just a, it's a lay down Mazaire. Let's get to a break, boys. 9.37, Sky Sports Radio with Luke Marlowe and Ron Duffersey. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You most certainly are. It's 9.39 here in Sydney, wherever you're listening around this beautiful country of ours. Good morning to you. Uh, Ron Duffersey, Luke Marlowe, looking at uh, the races from the weekend. And we've already had uh, Mark phone in with his thoughts on Tom Kitten. Give us a call yourself. 13.53.53 is the open line number. You can give us a ring. And you can get involved with the show. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to talk about uh, Melbourne. Before we do, though, we just heard that ad then for Kia Night Racing on a Friday night. It's been a big success, Marlow. And I think, how many have we got to go? We've got... Um, two left, mate. Two left. Yeah. And then we roll two into... Uh, to Well, a daylight saving will end. I'll tell you what I'd love to see next season. I'm full of ideas this morning. I'd love to see a bit of a Come race on. series in and around it. Um, I think... Uh, Maybe yeah, some sort of uh, race involving you know heats throughout the the summer, and then a big finale and final uh, to to end it uh, with some good prize money attached. I think um, it'd be good to see, mate. It would, mate. I've really enjoyed calling them uh, this season. It's been a lot of fun. I like the relaxed atmosphere of it. Um, it'll be my last one this Friday, boys. I just got a commitment the following following week. I'm off to Saudi Arabia. Had my arm twisted. Um, yeah, what about that? Show. Just chauffeuring the better half over there, Duff, uh, when she rides in the International Jockeys Challenge. I'll I'll, I'll go. Look, I'll go. Fine, fine. So there's two business class ticks, not one. Is that right from the the club? I'm tipping you turn left, Marlo. Oh, you betcha, boys. How good. (laughs) (laughs) Something. (laughs) Got a sponsor. Uh, Yeah. Just on that jockey series, who uh, else is in that particular? Do we know yet? Um, Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, She texts me the list. Uh, recently, obviously, Damien Oliver and Ryan Moore are the two big names. Yep. Um, quite extraordinary that Ollie, uh, he comes out of retirement. I'm tipping there might be a little bit of fat there, DS. Uh, just, you know, Ollie come over. Oh, so, I'm tipping, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they're, they're jockeys from all over. So um, the, uh, Europe, Italy, France. Um, I'm just struggling to find the list of names. I think we've got uh, here Maxine Guillon. Um, yep. Uh, Japan's uh, Ryusi Saki. Um, so he, of course, found a lot of trouble that day in the Hong Kong Cup, that horse we're on. Thank you very much, uh, Rusi. Loving your work. Uh, we've got, obviously, Alicia. Now, who's she representing, New Zealand or Australia? Do we know this? Looks like New Zealand. She is representing New Zealand. Okay. It's a bit, but here's what it is. Jeez. All right. Uh, I reckon she'd secretly be happy about that. And, of course, you've had to watch all <laughs> that unfold on Sky Racing. That's Feb 23, the International Jockeys Challenge. Uh, seven men, seven women from all across the world. And, of course, uh, then they've got the big Saudi Cup on uh, as the weekend unfolds. Now, in Melbourne, we had the CF4 Stakes. It uh, was a Group 1. And as Mido said to you, a long way down the straight, you were thinking, is this horse going to get there, Mr. Brightside? Before we get your thoughts, Duff, here's what the jocks had to say. Mark Zara, Pericles. Um, he went like he really needed the run today. Jamie Carr, Ayrton. He ran well. I think he ran up to his best. Um, there was just a lot of pressure up in front and brought him off the ride early. Damien Lane, V8. He ran super. He was very honest. Um, unfortunately, the horse I was following just let 
Protogeny and Buffalo River get away from us on the corner, so I had to get out after him earlier than I would have liked. He just peaked on his run at the 150, and then obviously Mr. Brightside was too good for all of us late, but I thought he was a really good run and, um, for his first go in that company. Celine Gordray, Buffalo River. Yeah, look, that's definitely one of his best runs. It was good having Pride of Jenny being a bunny there, but no, very happy with him. Blake Shin, Munamek. Uh, look, Munamek ran super. He just had to go back too far from 9 of 9. Uh, when they're running a brutal tempo, it's hard to make that ground, giving these great horses that bigger start, but he, he chased valiantly. Good effort. Mick D, a tissue. Um, yeah, she never really felt comfortable at all the whole way. Um, she struggled to maintain uh, the bridle and tried to hold the back of the, the winner um, early and then just she struggled from then on, so see how she pulls up. Steve Parnham, Bustler. The, the pace was pretty strong and then they, they went quicker again from the 800. It just really got us out of our um, ability to travel. Um, yeah, he probably needs to just get over a bit more ground where he can be more comfortable. That was some of the beaten jocks. So Craig Williams, of course, caught up about Mr. Brideside with the uh, the Racing.com team and on Channel 7 and had, had a big chat what with them. What a horse, them. DS. It just, what a uh, horse. It's brilliant. Um, oh, Duff, you alluded to he gets in that champion category. I mean, well, he's had the 15 wins now, uh, nearly $12 million in prize money. I just love it that he's done it at Handicap and he's done it at Weight for Age. And that, to yeah. me, is a big, you know, that's when you can start talking about the elite, when they can do oh. it both. No doubt. You know, any horse that can win two Doncasters is a start. So, and then he wins that all-star mile that's just produced produced the trifecta in the Doncaster afterwards. Mm. And his overall record, he's just um, a winning machine. Like, he's won 50% of runs at the top level. So, he... Is just I won't say he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but he he should get more. Uh, he's just to do what he's done, and he and that Cox Plate that time he he he, he just nosed out there and all the way through. He, he's just been a star. Um, he just won everything. Always tries his heart out, Marlow. That's what you just want in a horse, isn't it? Oh, spot on, DS. And do you know what, guys? I've worked out a solution. It's taken me 30 years, but I've worked out a solution to the champion debate. You know how you do it? It's so easy, Duff. You just add a new category. And the new category is you've got the Immortals, Winks, Black Caviar. You can add another one if you like. Uh, the absolute cream of the crop. And then you have heaps of champions. You could do it that way. That's yeah, how well, I, could, I... I could handle it, Duff. Look, I... Might be a bit I... lame, but... There's an idea. There's an idea. People will, will want to argue all day about champions to you. So I can. My champion may not be your champion. So I'm allowed to think That's it's right. a champion. You, you, you do not have to agree. But why argue with me? I, mm-hmm. You know, uh, if I think it's a champion, so be it. If he, if someone else doesn't think he is, uh, so be it. Uh, let them have their elite champions. I, I, I like to have my little champions each couple of years. I don't like to uh, judge. See, I, I think you're softening up. You've got all of them now. Yeah. You love them all. You get these little boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah, exactly. And you, <laughs> you want to have them all, Duff. I get it. <laughs> I think that, um, I think personally, boys, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, that's the best part about our game, and I'm wrong plenty of times, but he has to be, especially with uh, no um, alligator blood uh, anymore, he has to be the best weight for age middle distance horse in the country. No doubt, unless the three-year-old puts their hand up. That's, yeah. 
Uh, so, what about Fangirl? You got him ahead of Fangirl, do you? Uh, even though uh, she beat him in the King Charles, I'll say yes, yes, because of uh, and I know him. I know she, she was stiff in the cops plate. Yeah, she did. She did own him that day. Um, See, you won't have me back on this show. I just love no. throwing a spanner into the works no, no. and putting some pressure on the big fella. <laughs> but I, I, I would say, well, what she's had, she's won the seven races, $7.3 million. I'll say he's better. But happy to be proven wrong. And that's the beauty of yeah, it's a. It's well, a put it this way: if we were, if we like, like your Australian Open, if you, if you talk about it this way, like your Australian Open, you know, Djokovic is number one seed. He might not be, um, you know, but, but when you have Federer and Nadal, how, how do you have number one seed? Well, I'd I'd say he's the number one seed. If I was sorting out the draw, he'd be number one. Happy to for it to be changed in the future, but right now he he has to be number one. Do you agree with that? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. And at the end of the day, th- does it really matter? I mean, for the for the connections of the horse, I'm tipping they'd think he's a champion, uh, wouldn't they? And as Duff made the point, it's just a matter of opinion and it's just some fun discussion to throw around the uh, the bar or the, the lounge room when you're having a, a talk about these horses, I think. He's got champion qualities like a lot of horses, the top horses, your champion qualities, but he's the champion of his of his time. I still, I still reckon. I still thought he'd won the Cox Plate that day. That shadow, I thought, here we go, we've got it, and uh, that, that was shadow. <laughs> romantic warrior, mate. Um, it was just J Mac. It was J Mac that beat him, mate. One of the best rides in a Group One you'll ever see. Just J Mac putting another wing on the mansion at Vaucluse. Mark's on the line now. Morning, Mark. Gay Dave, Gay Luke, Gay Duff. Um, what to ask about Booker uh, Barnett, Duff? Uh, you spoke to Matthew Dunn on Saturday morning. I know he's got a bit of an opinion about it to, to the extent that he doesn't know whether it's probably a bit better than a Cosby Oscar. Um, I, I've always loved the horse, especially when he's first started sitting after winning a maiden up at Brisbane. And to me, watching it by the eye on Saturday, the horse of Golans that led the race on a slow tempo, and he was giving it four lengths and a couple of kilos in the way it takes the line. I'm just wondering, where do you think this horse could run is, like, is, he, is he a chance to run a race with no weight in a, in a straight break with 51 kilos and, and go through the Fred Best to, to get Matt in that Dunn. race? So we're talking about Matt Dunn's or Spookabana? Yeah. 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 yeah, so Matt yeah, um, was very highly spoken with us on Saturday morning. He said, could be my best horse, or is my best horse, Nelly, he said. So I thought it was a good win. He, I'd like to see him at 1,400. To see how good he is, he's he's like like he's by done deal. So you'd expect mm. he'd eat up fourteen hundred. And when I said country championships to Matt, he said he's too good for that. So well, I said, whoa, hang on. Um, so he has got a very high opinion of him. So let's see where he takes the next step. Whether it's all work in progress for the winter carnival, I don't know, uh, Mark. I um, he might be he might be in Sydney. Yeah, it might be all too soon for him. And, mm. You know, but he. He's very highly thought of. What do you think of your horse on Saturday, Crocetti? Your first defeat there, Mark? I'm glad you asked, Ronnie, because I was going to make a comment about it. First thing I want to say about the horse, I don't think he's a horse that's going to run a strong mile against good company. The reason why I say that is the horse that won the race, Bonnie Lass, she's had three goes past 1,200 metres and been unplaced. She ran in this race 12 months ago, got beaten nine lengths behind Imperatrix. Fair enough, it's Imperatrix. But the fact of the matter is that he had to run behind the lead on the fence, um, and because it was a truly run race, they had him off, had him off the bit a fair way out. I just don't think, to me, he's more 
you know, in his own grade, 12 to 1,400 metres. But I think if he comes out, he runs in the rear with Giddy's over the mile and there's a bit of speed on or whatever. Like, he's that sort of horse that I just think might struggle over a strong against really good horses. That was mm. a good run. He's but good the horse. money said he was going to win. He's a good horse. Yeah. I heard them say Golden Eagle next preparation against his own age. That might be if it was, but you were doubting him at 1500. It's the speed on Ronnie. Like, it took the speed out. He had the softest run, and this body last, she's a good filly, but she's no imperative. She's not any like, he, he should have beat her on, on, on his own yeah. reputation. That's what I'm saying for the price of whatever. It was a, a soft barrier, second behind the leader. And Warren Kenny got stuck into it from the 200 metres, and she just... I mean, yes, she was making ground, but she's no 1,400 metre horse, mate. OK. You know, she's not. So you have to have a look at her record. She's 11, 1,200 metre horse. So that's my take on it. I mean, he, he can come out here and win 1,200 metre races, but when he gets that 1,400 metres, especially in fast run races, when he just gets three-year-olds, set weights and get jogs, yeah, of course he's going to blow them away. But these open men go straight for age. Yeah. Oh, and owner just uh, calling it how it is. How good? I love it, there. Yeah. Uh, Fukubana. Okay. Well, after, well, I'm going to have Matty done on the program tomorrow because we're at Lismore, and I might ask him. I'll say, where are you going to take this horse? What's the plan with him? Because uh, he was very impressive uh, watching that race on the weekend. Just before we get to Shannon, I obviously want to give a rap to James Orman. Uh, he obviously is getting on good cattle. He's leading the premiership. He won the premiership last year, but. He is just... Uh, I spoke about this with Maxie last week on air. He's gone to another level. He's putting horses in good positions and, and getting the job done. And as punters, we like following jocks that are in form. And he is well and truly in form up there in Brisbane. He rode uh, four on Saturday. Oh, misbehaving, kibosh, fukabana, anything goes. And uh, no doubt we'll see him combine possibly in this Lismore heat of the country champs. And we might even see him back in Sydney. Shannon's on the line. G'day, Shannon. Okay, Dave, how are you, mate? Good, mate. What have you got for us? Mate, um, just wanted to ask Luke and Duff, or, and yourself, um, Mark Hess, the Godolphin horse there, I think he was in race eight or nine. Is he a lightweight Sydney Cup horse? Yeah, I think so. If they want to eat, well, I think he's just been work in progress. He's a little um, lightly framed sort of a horse, which is not a bad thing for a stayer, but I just think they've slowly handled him, got his confidence up. Um, I think a bit more victorious may have been fitter than him on Saturday, even though he was well fancied. He was just out-sprinted. Uh, and he might be a good horse, a more victorious. But, yeah, I, yeah, I'd suggest if you hear that they're in any interviews at all that from James Cummings that they're heading to that sort of path, I, I could easily spec him in a Sydney Cup with no weight on his back. Yep. Good. Perfect. Not a bad shout, Shannon. I think the thing that signifies that they think he is a stayer is the fact that this preparation, no 1,400, no mucking around, straight to the mile first up. So you know that they think that he does have that staying promise. And it was just the tempo. And like Duff said, his lack of turn of foot that, that worked against him on the weekend, the more victorious went out well below average and he just had the better dash and he was uh, the fit horse on the day. But, yeah, certainly wouldn't be dropping off, Marquess. <laughs> We've got nothing to work with there, other than the first time that he got to 1,900, he put a space in them. And then mm. he was beaten at his last run as favourite, but uh, nothing went right there, and he went to the paddock at 2,000 metres. But being by Tavistock out of purple, who was a strong, you know, Oaks type of mare, the pedigree's there. 
to say, yeah, he's a stayer, but we've got no indication past 2,000 metres yet, only because of immaturity, I think. So, yep, that's his, that's his best chance of being a really good horse. Beautiful. Thank you for that, um, Shannon. Colin's on the line. G'day, Colin. Uh, morning, Dave. How are you going? Good, mate. What have you got for us? Mate, I just had a quick question for Ron. Um, seeing he, he watches all the races, um, Ron, you would have you saw Coleman last week. He'd done a track record, and you've had bodyguard coming up this week. Does that now mean that higher octane will fly under the radar a bit on his run on Saturday? Most picked it up. Um, conflicting reports of how close he would have gone. I think. He would have got a lot closer than what you think. He got held up at a, a horrible spot there. I'm just a little worried. I know they're beautiful horses. Um, that those two two-year-old races in Melbourne were maybe, you know, a half a second off the pace, um, as I say. So, but they are improvers. But uh, Bodyguard's got style about him. But I prefer last week's race, the Coleman race. Um, to tell you the truth personally. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get your point. If there's anything out of that race on Saturday, it'll be the the great unknown of the, mm. uh, you know, the horse that got held up there. Coleman's, Coleman's run was pretty good. So what about the horse of Moody's? Does does it come into the picture even a bit more, seeing it was a bit further back? Before? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, uh, you know, we're, we're clutching at straws. There's so many options um, not only in the Golden Slipper, but in the Blue Diamond as well. But I think your starting points are two weeks ago, Lady Camelot race, Coleman. Um, I, you know, I thought Anisa was good, but, um, yeah, I think the market's pretty right. But High Octane, um, yeah, he, he's the unknown there because he, he had no room to move and he's got uh, a lovely style to put himself into a a run-of-the-race position in a in a blue diamond where your bodyguard's going to get back. It's going to be a strong speed, conditions on the day. So it's, it's a lot of work. There's only two weeks off, but let's have a look at the, the barrier draw there. But personally, I prefer last week's two-year-old race rather than this week's two-year-old racing. ADS. You've heard me go on about the, the Canterbury coffin. Well, it was the Caulfield coffin that got poor old high octane. Yes, he never got, was it what? He never got a look at them. <laughs> I, one interesting thing, too, obviously Bodyguard um, was very impressive, as you alluded to, Duff. And um, we saw Mark Zara come to Sydney and ride those horses, uh, or ride him in those trials. I thought the stay focus was very good. I mean, he seemed to want to get his head up and that's only his, what, second time at the races after winning a maiden impressively. So... He was uh, wide too, did he? Yeah. He did cart the winner into the race. So, yeah. 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 There's a lot of merit in his run as well. So maybe too many good runs there. Yeah. Uh, another one uh, we want to uh, just talk about quickly and we're going to get to our next caller here on the line. I think we've got uh, Ben from Goulburn. G'day, Ben. Hey boys, how you going? Good, mate. What have you got for us? Hey, um, got a question. Like, I wonder if anyone can really answer this. Why do we have the three hopefuls for the tab, and then you got the big size? But then, like, I was looking at it on the weekend, and like, the money in the pool is so they vary so much. Like, you bet has absolutely nothing, and then New South Wales has a fair bit, so does Super Tab, and it varies between all the jurisdictions. But the problem is, and this is why I don't understand why Tab haven't done this. Why not just make it one big 
coke balls and then one big soccer ball. So that means that as a punt, we sort of know there's been a bit of a market move on the tote. And then that way you also then, probably tablets have to look at it and go, well, it'll actually probably grow our business because not to be rude to tab, but a lot of the corporate bookmakers offer best tote. But you're better off going with a corporate if you're going to go tote betting. I just don't understand why they don't just go, well, tab, I own you tab, and I have to tab. Why not just make it one big tote? Regulator. Yeah, it's all to do with red tape and, yes. and, and it's, jurisdictions. It's a, bit rude. it's a bit rude for us punters because we don't know if there's been a move because we don't know which money's coming from where. Because it could be on Utah. Like, someone could put you know, 20 grand on a horse on Utah and it's all in a dollar ninety there and they're sitting on $5 on the other tote. You're like, well, what's going on? Like, where's, who's the market moving? Like, how do you know? I just find it a bit interesting why they haven't done it. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 look, they've been talking about one big pool since I was a teenager. The problem is everyone arguing about their piece of the pie um, each state, so that's impossible to get everyone to agree on that. So I don't know what they're doing. I, I hear there's more happening there, but I don't know the logistics of it or the politics of it, but obviously it's a very difficult thing to get mm. over the line. I think more importantly, you know, some, especially for dogs and trots where the pools are... Nothing these days. The, 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 the trifectas and the Quinella pools—they're they're all going to be merged. It's no—it's not worth having a ten-dollar Quinella because you'll own the pool. Uh, it's just um, not <laughs> enough liquidity in it. No, it is—it is something of interest though. There's plenty of bits and pieces flying where there's different prices all over the shop. Um, well, I, I think the, I think Best Tote will be dead very soon, boys. Mm, you might be right. I mean, the big fish—they manipulate the totes as well. Yeah, uh, no, so it's, everything. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's a it's a it's a question that will continue to be asked, and there is no answer. Like you guys said, red tape and etc. Mm. I think for a punter, you'd love a, a, a national tote, create the bigger pools, and it would be good for racing. I think too, uh, what what punters really need to start doing, to be brutally honest as well, is and if you're not doing it already, I would be. Um, I'd be jumping on to odds.com.au. I'd be jumping on to, uh, if you are, because let's face it, obviously, you know, the tab sponsor this program. So obviously you'd love to have your tab app. But if you are a, your punter on a weekend, I'm tipping that you've got multiple apps in your phone. And really, if you are the, the smaller punter, you, you probably need to be treating, having a bit on a horse like, you know, you paying for fuel or buying a loaf of bread or whatever. I mean, you are going to go to the place that has the best price available to you and you really need to be doing that because if you look at some places, some places will have a price of a horse particular. You'll see the tab are a different price. You'll see this a different price and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're just going to the one place every time. You really should start to to shop around. You disagree? Yep, bet with the tab punters and the tab only. Do not bet with anyone else. Oh, tab but, only. No, well, yeah, yeah, of course. But but you have to be realistic. That's like saying like we work for Qantas, only fly with Qantas. Like you, you, everyone's going to jump on Skyscanner. Bet with the tab. Oh, have another, have, another, have, another, have another week in Saudi Arabia on us. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> T-A-B. T-A-B. I was going to say. But in all seriousness, though, people should be... Should be having a look. You've you got well, to think, have a look. It's the same if you're if you're at the ring at Ramwick and one bloke's betting four fifty and everyone else is six dollars. You're not gonna you're gonna go and get six dollars. So you do that because you can visually see it because you're in the ring and it's just because you're not at the track. 
you shouldn't be. Um, you should be. And, and you know what? It makes the tab. It makes all the bookmakers, even though inadvertently a lot of them are the similar price, but it makes them be more competitive. Tim Ryan said that many a times. That's why they'll take horses on, and sometimes they'll do their backside, but sometimes they'll try and remain the best price in the um, in the land. I think it's good, Marlow. Yeah, just yeah, turn, turn the Marlow back on. Be nice. Uh, I think um, <laughs> oh, taking the right price over the year is very important. Pat Cummings, I'll call you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Duff. You go. You're right. No, I'm just saying. Just it's very important. It's not easy to get the top of the market. Knowing no. when to knowing when to move. Oh, but I exactly. mean, Never getting the right get, getting the right price over the year. I mean, can, can, if you it makes a big difference to your bottom line if you're serious about punting. Getting them, you know, if you're getting them. Uh, a point better here and there, um, over the year, it works out to be a bit of money. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a, if you're looking just for a free one, punters, and this is the only free one I can find, happy to be alluded to if there's there's others out there, but if you go to odds.com.au and it has all the different uh, sports and whatnot available, but if you're looking for racing, I'm looking at it right now, you can click on Bathurst Race 1, it's got the tabs price, it's got all the other prices, and you can see the difference uh, in each company. Now, a lot of the time, they're going to be very, very similar, but in saying that, you're going to try and want to get your best price. Uh, and you can watch it there. You're not going to be able to do that for every race, but if you have a tip, just, yeah, have, have a look. Shop around. Mm. That would be my advice. Don't do yourself a, um, a disservice. Uh, now, what about the horses to follow? What have we got uh, from the meeting on the weekend, Duff? Um, I'll say Belvedere Boys is ready, uh, will win a highway in the next time he's produced. And uh, I'll say uh, the, obvious, the obvious in Macarena. Mm. Uh, what else have we got in terms of horses to follow, Marlo? Well, the race Macarena comes out of that uh, Eskimo Prince DS. I'm, I'm just looking further back and... Um... Big Tom. Oh, I loved his return. 1,200's too short. Wait for him to get to a mile punters. I think follow him all preparation because even if they do roll the dice out to a derby trip, he might just be able to win that on class too. I think he's in for a big prep and I think he'll win another group one this time in. So Tom Kitten is my horse to follow. And just doing the tapes for Melbourne this morning, I thought Moshka, M-O-E-S-H-A, one of Moody's, um, it returned well down on the inside. Mm, which they're wanting... Yeah, it did Duff, and they were wanting to get off the inside late in the day there at Caulfield, so I gave that an extra tick, the fact it came up the inside and it was held up at a, a few stages, so you could follow it. And da- Dave, you know I love a bit of Wild West mail. For our punters, I've got one at Geraldton today. Race six, number three, Hammer Mill, and maybe just have a saver on the nine, Mystic Love, bit of Wild Mail, uh, Wild, Wild West, West mail for your Monday. How Wild that, West, well, hang on, what, so what, what race? Race six, number three, Hammer Mill, and a little saver on the nine, Mystic Love. 370 currently with the tab. 370 for Hammer mm-hmm. Mill, Troy Turner on board. Right, the Hammer DS. What's the weather like uh, that over there? It'll be fine. It's always fine and hot. <laughs> I like it. There you go. Duffy's been do- – he does his form over there in the west. Goes all right. Uh, I've, um, Hammer Mill. <laughs> I've had one better Geraldton in my life for a – uh, six lengths winner and uh, Grant Williams tipped us one more in Perth and got us out of trouble and um, yeah, it's a great spot to have a bet. Oh, when the money's on with that stable, <laughs> they just win. How good. Nalana, up they go. <laughs> have a good How day, good, gentlemen. Uh, enjoy your Monday, whatever you might be doing, if you're watching the Super Bowl or, or just uh, reviewing the weekend and hopefully back plenty of winners this week. See, See you guys. Boys.